Welcome to the Jamie and Holly Show. I'm Holly. And I'm Jamie. Oh, we're so Woo-hoo. good at this. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I like how it's we- It's like we have an official podcast or something. Yeah. I like how when we do it, we like stop and we like congratulate ourselves every time. Wait a minute. Yeah. I mean, I feel like people who know us and y'all know us very well now. Yeah. Um, I totally understand. We can't help ourselves. Well, that's something we, we talked about a little bit off podcast is how cool it has been. So if you want to, if you, in order to listen to this podcast, you have to download this podcast and listen to it. So if you are doing yeah. this, like we are best friends right now. Like, yeah. like no, like that's you amazing. Like jump through major hoops. You didn't just come across it on Facebook or, you know, like, you know, be suggested on YouTube or something like that. Like, no, like you're like, you're here. <laughs> you're yeah. here. You didn't Thank fall you. down a hole to find us. Like you found us. And like now. We're best friends like that. And that's amazing. Yeah. And I just that's and it's also like really humbling. Like, thank you. I want to say that, too. But it's cool to have people that that are listening to us consistently. And there are there are like a, a lot of you, not like a lot. There's a, lot, a but, few, there's a few. I mean, it's kind of yeah. cool. And we're all going on a cruise once COVID goes over. Oh, oh my gosh. Which. Cruise. Yes. So. So I have to tell you. um, <laughs> One of my favorite things to do now. So we were watching TV the other night and I just noticed like, I don't know, three or four commercials in a row were like the super sappy music that in these trying in times, these, blah, yes. blah, blah, in blah, these blah, unprecedented blah. times. Like, yes. Yes. So I started laughing because I thought I, I turned to Greg and I said, I said, from now on, we are going to add the words in these trying times to every sentence we utter in this house. Yeah, in these trying times, <laughs> you're going to clean your room and not exactly. complain about it. Yeah. It makes so much more sense because you're like, um, I need you to empty this the dishwasher in, in these, these trying, trying times. times. Um, or I don't um, know I'm how going these... to Home Depot right now. In Would you like these... to go with me in, in these, these trying, trying times? times? Then you definitely get, they have to go. There's so much guilt in these trying times that they have to go with and you. So what you need to do is set this precedent at your house because it almost turns out to be like like Simon says. So like, for instance, if your husband says something ridiculous or stupid, or like you want to argue with him, you can just ignore him until you're like, you didn't say these trying trying times. I don't have to listen because this isn't even about these trying times. I'm out. Right. Obviously, it's not important to you if you didn't add in these trying times. And the commercials are like, especially like, they're better now that it's like, you know, it's been, we've been doing this for a while, but when it, when it happened like in March and these commercials came out of nowhere, by the way, like, I don't even know who was filming them because we all were in our homes, but like, I guess it was like droids. I don't know, but like, <laughs> or stock photos. Yeah. Lot, I don't know. <laughs> I saw so much stock video. I mean, cause like, we look at a lot of stock video for our, for our job. I watched so many stock video commercials with voiceovers. I cannot tell you how many I saw. But like, like when they would show like empty stadiums and stuff, like it was too haunting and I was I could not deal with it. I'm like, why are we doing this? Can you just show me regular life and we can pretend on TV at least like everything is fine? That's what I want. So Well, and so they are just, they're breaking them. What I thought was the main like, 
rule of advertising. Right. So the rule of advertising is you don't, you celebrate where you're headed, not the where pain or where you are. So like, and I learned this because I used to work and um, I, when I was a physical therapist, I worked at, um, I specialized in chronic pain. So I worked at a pain clinic. Yeah. And so I was, I was part of their marketing team because of course, you know, they were, you know, I was young and, and trying to, you know, doing all the things. And so, and that's something that I learned really quickly, like a pain clinic, like as you, you know, as a young person not thinking about it, you're like, oh, well, we talk about what we do for pain or, or, or how people are in pain. And they're like, no, we're like showing the end result of people not being in pain anymore. Right. And so that's what I'm like, why are we doing so many commercials about in these trying times? Shouldn't we be doing commercials about where this is leading yeah. us and that we're not going to be in these trying times forever? Well, but maybe that's not the goal. I don't know. And actually, <laughs> like, I'm torn on the television as well, because I understand that television needs to mimic real life. But I also, like, am living through a global pandemic, and I don't need to watch, like, a store tell the story. Like, you know what? Maybe later in movies, like, after we've done this. Yeah. But, like, I don't need my favorite hilarious sitcom, which I'm thinking of Superstore right now. I don't need them going into the pandemic. Like, it's really sad. It's really hard to watch. And I'm like, you're a sitcom. You're hilarious. I laugh my way through your entire show. And like now I'm watching this and I'm uncomfortable for the for where we've put like for for the situation you guys are in. And I okay, so see, I was having a conversation with someone um in in my that lives in my building the other day, and and about politics, uh which you know you should probably never do. I don't know, (laughs) except if you're Holly. I really don't like. Like there's just nobody in the world that agrees with me. So it's really easy for me to talk politics because I just assume nobody agrees with me. So like, I'm not trying to convince anyone, but, um, but basically my point to him was, cause I had said something that I thought was extremely funny. Yeah. (laughs) And he said, you shouldn't say that. And I'm, well, and first, don't tell Holly not to say something, by the that's way. That is like my his, biggest yeah, pet peeve. Yeah, that's not his business. I agree. Oh, I'm going to tell you the second thing that he told me that you should never tell Holly too. But but he was basically like, you know, you need to take this more seriously. Like when you say things like that, people, you know, people take it as gospel. And I'm like, uh, it was a joke. Yeah. Like, and, and it, I like, I feel like a I lot of the it. problems yeah. with what's going on right now is people don't have a sense of humor about this. Like if we all could just laugh. Because, like, why isn't Superstore funny? Like, there's a million things about wearing a mask and all these stupid things we have to do right. that is funny. And like, it, why isn't funny? And, like, 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 why is no one dealing? Yeah. And that's what's frustrating to me. Let's find the let's find the humor and the 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 joy through all of this. And and I but I don't even think they need to talk about this because, like. There's, I don't watch TV to mimic my life. Like I'm not watching TV right. because I want to like see what's going on in my life. I'm watching TV as an escape. And I, you know, that's why, I, I mean, that's why I watch it. I watch TV to sit down and think about something else. You know, yeah. if, if I was watching TV to mimic my real life, I sure wouldn't be watching Grey's Anatomy. You know? <laughs> Jeez, like even if you're not gonna go to medical school and sleep with every doctor in the hospital, I'm so disappointed. It depends. Are the doctors (laughs) as hot as they are in Grey's Anatomy? Because considering that path, like 
Okay. Um, I can speak to that as a wife of, um, a, of a doctor Who is and also so, so, so handsome. Let's be clear. He's very, very handsome. Yes. And I got, we got married while he was in medical school. And I can strongly say, based on his medical school <laughs> class, yeah. No, Gray's Anatomy is a little different. <laughs> <laughs> no, the answer is no. They are not all that hot. I mean, like, I mean, I would assume that they're like people who take care of their bodies most of the time, you know, because yes. doctors know a yeah, lot and that sort of thing maybe like, yeah you're like yeah kind of but then again too like are, are they people but they're probably people who study all the time so they're not like focused on their looks as much right so like yeah they're probably not Grey's Anatomy doctors and I'm, did you I know I feel like they're not I'm I will say so because I went to physical therapy school where Greg went to medical school mm-hmm. and the physical th- so I was on, I know you're you're gonna be like duh yeah but I was on the flag football team <laughs> of course yeah that makes sense yeah um because I'm so athletic I'm not athletic at all I just like to do stuff right I was the center because I could hike the ball Okay. And I knew how to do a button hook. For those of you who are football fans, that's a favorite. Cool. So um, anyway, but the crazy thing is, is so like the the girls that go to physical therapy school, like they're pretty athletic. Like I'm kind of like outside of the norm of the physical therapist. Like they're generally like the jocks and and, like, you know, that's just normal. So we had a really good um, flag football team that I I was just, I was just on because they liked me in real yeah. life because <laughs> they thought you were funny. Um, okay, yeah. Well, they thought I was funny, and um, I had gone to school with several of them at different colleges before, so like they were like I was the person everybody knew. But the but then the Greg's class of medical school students, their girls' flag football team was like the NFL. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why? <laughs> because they were like focused and ruthless and like physically fit and like you know they had practiced all like they had a plan but you and know like, what here, that's what i want out of my doctor everything well you just said. these girls are good doctors let me just tell, tell yeah. you and they were scary to be across the football field from <laughs> you're just there because like you get to wear fun bows in your hair and they're there. yeah i'm just yeah. like hey we're having fun this is what we're doing tuesday night <laughs> like, and you like leave and you're like got bruises all over like they took it way I'm too far swear like they those girls like, they could have like skipped medical school and gone to like professional flag football i know there's no such thing yeah but like they were so athletic and smart i was like crap those are super smart girls i mean i really that's not fair that like they got all of that poured into one cup i know that's not how that's supposed to work yeah the funny thing was though is like because it was you know intramurals and so we were like the physical therapy um class and then there was another physical therapy class and there was an occupational therapy and then there was all like four four years of medical school students yeah their greg's class was the scary girls Everyone else, we we beat no problem. It was his class yeah. that had the scariest, the scary football team. <laughs> but, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, and like, I think it, I'm I'm totally like rewatching Grey's Anatomy now, and I haven't mm-hmm. watched all 17 seasons. I've only watched, so I'm up to like season three. But like, they're even like I was like reading about their scrubs, 
So they had their scrubs and their like j- jackets and stuff, you know, like tailored to look better yeah. on them. But did you know that there a line came out tailored in the in the shapes and stuff that they wear because people ah. were so mad. They were like, "Why can't my scrubs look like that?" And that makes sense. Like why and just because I'm wearing scrubs, it can't like come in at the waist a little bit. So now yeah. they have basically Grey's Anatomy has changed like the like outlines of 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 medical clothing for people i totally believe that in fact um because when i first you know and i went to physical therapy school like 25 years ago right when gray's anatomy i mean gray's anatomy was starting yeah (laughs) because we started watching that when i was i was there and um it was so hard to find cute scrubs and um i had like the i had found one like white lab coat jacket that had like gathering in the back and, yeah. and some little rickrack on the back of the jacket that was super cute, but on the front, it looked totally normal. And um, in one of my flights home to, cause I was living in Austin, Texas at the, at the time, and I was going to school in California, the plane had destroyed my suitcase and my lab coat had been chewed no. up by a conveyor belt. And I know this sounds like super vain, but like that was the saddest thing that had ever happened because that was a cute lab coat and you couldn't go find another one. And that was the only one on the planet that was like that cute. And then I like I then I had to go back to just wearing an ugly lab coat. And you could and you thought about it like every time you put on the ugly one, you're off. Yes. And and so I'm so glad. But things got like better like later. And I think what you're saying makes total sense that people were like. I want a cute lab coat. Like I'm yeah. wearing this every day. Why? Why would you make me wear something stupid? Well, they actually said that too. Like when they started the show, they put on regular scrubs and lab coats, and we're like, "Whoa, this can't be like." Because like ER in, in that show, they were the regular stuff, and they were yeah. like, and somebody who was in costuming was like, "This looks awful on people. Let's just take this stuff in." And that was a big. That was a. It was actually a big controversy at first, and then then people were like, "Wait, what if?" Instead of it being a controversy, we just changed the like design of scrubs and lab coats and stuff. Thank God. Like, see, yeah, see, this is so easy. Like when people just get like do what makes sense to the rest of us. Like, why do do you have why do you have to be like formless blobs in the same clothes? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't make sense either. Like, like as a doctor, you should be able to choose your lab coat, which, which you do. And like you should be able to choose how it fits you. And I'm not saying like you need to be ridiculous with it, but like you should be able to find one that fits you well, like with good sleeve size and all those sorts of things. Yeah, that should be. An well, option. And like like the standard. That's what's so funny about like the standard um, scrubs, like, you know, they're like small, medium, large for both men and women. So like right. it could be like like if you're a tall guy you're never going to find something long enough. If you're a short girl, you're always going to be rolling things up. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Like, like it makes sense if you're grabbing something out of like a hospital bin that's clean that you're going into surgery with, but it makes no sense that you're arriving at the hospital in the morning with oversized clothing because there's nothing else. (laughs) And like, and like you got to think about too, is like a lot of those people are front facing with patients. And like, if you walk in looking like a slob and you're like, hey, we're going to do surgery on you today. I'm like, 
not in that outfit you're not you know that's what i'm thinking like i don't think i feel so. like you need to go change like you you couldn't get it together enough to get dressed this morning what makes you think you're gonna be cool in the emergency room like in the operating room? but if so. you turn around and you have cute rickrack on the back of your lab coat they're like oh i'm in the right place oh she, she knows what she's doing okay you know what and that's like, I can communicate with her. All right. See, it's the rickrack. You know, and I don't think there is rickrack on these. So I feel like we need to come out with a line of rickracked um, oh, items. It was so cute because it just had like a little bit of like, kind of like a little bit of suit jacket detailing where um yeah like it had a little band across the back that was gathered that had some like a floral embroidery and then it was like had little like rickrack on either side of it aren't you mad it was all white aren't you mad that you didn't buy like 12 of it oh my gosh like no i literally well first of all i was like super poor because we were like you know in medical school and pt school but like that like yes in fact even when i I remember when i bought it yeah I was like, I want to buy more than one because I was wearing them every day, but I just couldn't afford it at the yeah. time. And then the damn plane. <laughs> damn plane. That's so, <laughs> you know what? That sums up a lot that happens. Like, that's like, <laughs> if you ever had like a suitcase that always gets um, lost or like a suitcase that always gets checked on, like they always open it. We have yes. had one of those and we, we got rid of it. Um, so my husband's suitcase, it's, I think we've identified it's like a, it's like a soft sided, almost duffel bag shape, even though it's inside, it has like more structure than it looks like on the outside Uh and it gets searched a hundred percent of the time. So, okay. This was happening to Kevin and the TSA agent said, this is what he told Kevin. He said, there is something that has spilled in this suitcase. That is, that is showing up like, and they'll, and they, he goes, look, we can see it on this. You see on this chart right here that it's showing up on x-ray that you have. And it's, and it's completely, you can't see it. Whatever it was, you cleaned up immediately, you know, washed it out of the suitcase and this, so this like scent or whatever residue it's left. That's why the suitcase, they're like, they're like, and we're like, what do we do? And he's like, you throw it in the trash. He's like, it will. my gosh oh my gosh like okay like i'm saying i'm telling the pub the the public here is this podcast is a wealth of information because i just figured it out because one of so we used to live on a golf course okay and and one of the times we traveled in fact it was the first time i had TSA pre-check where like I could just walk through and not be searched and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I was traveling with my kids and one of my kids, their bag alerted, you know, went off in the whatever. Uh-huh. And they don't search children. They search the traveling adult. Yes, they do. And Even I'm like, the, it's the weirdest thing. And yeah. I'm like, but I just, I have TSA pre-check and they're like, but we search the traveling adult. And I'm like, oh my God. Cool. <laughs> Can't wait. Yeah. Awesome. So, but they said to him, so of course, I mean, he had his little like Game Boy or whatever in Mm -hmm. his little travel bag that he was carrying on that had alerted, but it was testing positive for bomb residue. That's what it is. Yes. So they said, do you live near a golf course? And we said, yes. And they said, oh, that's what it is, is that whatever they put on golf courses 
like is the same thing as bombs. Oh, so like whatever, yeah. whatever they're testing for, it's got it's got to be like some sort of the fertilizer or something. So that's what makes sense because so so my husband's suitcase was like literally being stored in the garage that of course I'm sure like had all sorts of wafts from the from, from the, the golf, golf course. course. And yeah, we're still, so, he's still using, we don't live on that. We haven't lived on that golf course for years, but he's still using that suitcase and still being searched a hundred percent of the time. But that's <laughs> what they say. They say it's because it's there forever. Like, and it, and it's just there forever. And so they're like, and they're like, there's no going back is what they told us. They're like, just get it. And the ones we <sighs> switched suitcases, Kevin stopped being searched at every single time we would, we would walk. And it was not like. It wasn't like he got searched 90. It was it was 100% of the time. Right. That's No, that's exactly what's happening. We just assumed it was the duffel bag, like nature, like they yeah. were profiling bags. But, they're, but they don't care. Like, they're like, yeah, they're looking at things and smells and whatever else. So. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. So I do have a funny story um, back um, when we were like flying from California to Texas, um, because we were students and, right. and my husband was in the military at that time. And so, you know how the military gives you those big kind of duffel bags that you can fit, like, I don't know, 300 pounds of stuff inside. Right. Um, so he was using, um, that as something that he was flying back from Texas to California and he, so one of the things that my husband loves is Steen's Reuben cane syrup. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which is this terrible, nasty smelling like molasses type thing. But I guess his parents, like his dad grew up in Louisiana. So it's I think it's a Louisiana that was thing. like a thing. Yeah. Yes. And he mixes it with peanut butter and it smells atrocious, but, and I will not eat it, but it's like, because it's like, this it's like not just you know how molasses smells kind of gross but this is like 32 levels of gross on top of that yeah so anyway he you can't get that in california shocker (laughs) shock and awe yeah so he had put two two bottles and it comes in of course a glass bottle he put two bottles of steen rubin cane syrup in his duffel bag um okay good and and then um when he got to the end um shocker it had broke at least one of the bottles had broken i can't remember if both of them had broken but the weird thing is is when we opened it up it didn't smell like steen's rubin cane syrup and i was like what is going on in here? The funny thing is he had also packed a a bottle of spray and wash, which had broken open in the drip. So, so we're talking his, like chemical reaction of some yes. sort. So the so basically the spray and wash counteracted the like molasses syrup type situation. And he was able just to throw everything into the wash and it was fine. Oh, okay. <laughs> It took care of it immediately. Like you're telling yes. me it, it it sprayed and washed immediately. So it sprayed and washed. It, like, it was like a pre-treatment almost by the time he got there. <laughs> well, and like plane travel for any sort of liquid is the worst. Like what do you, I, I swear I'm going to 100% burst something every time. It doesn't yes. matter how careful I am, what I've done, what kind of packaging, 
maybe what kind of travel thing I've used, something is going to burst. And I also hate the way that like it makes my liquids just be after they've been yes. on the plane. Yes. Know? I'm just like, ugh. I just we need some sort of system where like I don't have to go buy all new when I get there, but like I can still use my stuff. I don't know. We need a we need a plan. <laughs> well, and you know, we've you know, you and I because we own the boutique for a while, we have some really cute travel bags and stuff like that. But when I travel, I don't there's nothing that's better than a Ziploc. <laughs> like, I use a lot of I use Ziplocs as well. Like and I I actually use Ziplocs in packing for me, packing for my kid. Kevin now yes. uses them. And I use those packing cubes too, and those are amazing yeah. and a lifesaver. But literally I every time I go to pack a bag, I put a suitcase, the packing cubes, and then gallon Ziplocs and quart Ziplocs out yes. every time. I yeah because that's what I get out before I start. Well, and I think the, one of the reasons is is because it is it doesn't matter, and it's usually the purple shampoo that is yeah. going to leak at some point during the travel. So you don't want to have to clean that out of a bag that you're going to keep and use again. Yes. You want to be able to throw that bag away and start over. Yeah, and I will like I I'm not gonna like I will use my. Ziploc bag until something leaks into it. Like I'm not going to throw one yes. out just to throw it out, especially in that sense. But I make sure. I mean, I, I make sure too that I have spare Ziplocs because yes. when when it breaks, I need to get home and have everything in Ziplocs again. Yeah. No. And I do the exact same thing. And then I like, but like we said, it's not like we're just throwing all the Ziplocs away at any like. Under my sink, I have some of the previous, like, preserved Ziplocs from I know, previous I trips. I stick them in my suitcase, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, what it's... I do. But it, once they get crap all over them, they go in the trash. They're out. And I don't deal, and I don't, because it, I just don't have to deal with it. And I have tried, like, those really reusable Ziplocs. I'm all about, like, sustainable, reusable stuff. But I cannot find a reusable Ziploc that does not drive me up the wall. Like I have yeah. tried so many of them and so many different bag type reusables and I cannot like, I just can't like, it always feels dirty to me. It feels like the, the Ziploc-y part got dirty or the corners didn't get cleaned well See, or something. I think it's the Ziploc-y thing. Like I literally think like, I just envision germs just hanging out hanging in that out on it. There's something about, there's something about that, that I can't, I mean, and I, I use like, and I'm, I use Tupperware. I use all sorts of stuff like that, like over and over and over again. And I, you know, I, I specifically do, but I cannot make Ziplocs happen for me. If it's not, I, I still, I feel like we haven't gotten there yet. No, I know. I was looking at that because I had done, you know, some blog posts about, you know, with one of the reusable lunchbox um, companies several years ago, um, you know, because that was a really good fit for kids activities blog. Yeah. And they had sent me some things that I used a couple of times. Thankfully, I didn't have to write about them on the blog. Um, but I just it like it was just like that It was so gross. I didn't want to use them again. Um and then I noticed in Target the other day, they basically have the same thing like four or five years later. And I'm like, why is this not something that like we we've got, got we need at? people working on it? I agree. Like, <laughs> where are the scientists? Like, this well, is what they need to solve. <laughs> and kids' lunches is rough because 
you might find like like at, at what point are you like no this is unsalvageable because i've pulled out lunches from two months ago three months you know whatever you know oh yeah no teenage boys like they're oh, the worst yeah. because like they're in charge and they've been in charge for years and years but like they have no dirt meter and when we i can't remember when it was this summer like and they hadn't been in school for like you know since i don't know march march yeah yeah i found a complete lunch in a lunch box in like july and, and you i were like, this is a whole nearly lunch. died like died yeah. a day. like i and I, I, I took the entire lunchbox out to the trash and just threw it away. Yeah, I would just, at that point, we're done. <laughs> we are done dealing with any piece of that. Oh, man, I know exactly. Like, it's like always like before any break, especially those summer, but like even Thanksgiving break, you know, you're like, have you, you know, uh, give me your lunchbox, whatever. Yeah, your exactly. Give, I want to see it. I want to put it on the kitchen counter. I want to make sure it's empty. (laughs) You know what's funny about that too is we were talking to my daughter and my husband and I were talking and like, she's like, and we're talking about how, well, we we both used to buy lunch in high school. And she was like, nobody buys lunch in high school. And we were talking to her about it. And the thing is, is that something happened in, in like, like lunches and cafeterias where they stopped like letting them have like you know a variety of lunches in high schools and things like that and making lunch awesome in high school in public school and so that's why all the kids just bring their lunches now oh my gosh what a nightmare yeah it was like a some some political thing somewhere went wrong like i don't know i don't know enough to know which side or whatever it was yeah i was gonna say were they making them like eat healthy or well but i think it was like healthy and cheap became the and problem gross. right so like see healthy, healthy is expensive and gross is gross and healthy yeah. and good is good <laughs> well and you know i've seen that too in my family like we've been making a lot of healthier choices lately healthy is not it's not cheap no and I it's and not. i mean you can read about people that talk about eating healthy and cheap and all this other stuff and everything and like healthy and healthy and easy is super not cheap but healthy is just, I'm telling you, it is never going to be as cheap as junk food. And that's, no, and I, I see why that's a problem today. And it's, you know, and you know, and I almost think it's less about like junk food, although this would kind of qualify it, but convenience food, right. you know, things that are just like, oh, just add water or just add two ingredients and you'll have this ready in, you know, in 10 minutes on the stove, you know, even that. Those products are like crazy when you look at like what's actually inside of them. How and preservatives and the sugar. Yeah, (laughs) like why is there sugar in Hamburger Helper? Right, you know, like and it's so weird because like the truth is, if if we knew what we were doing, and I was not like raised where I learned how to cook anything until I literally started cooking during the pandemic. So it's this year and I'm yeah, 50. same. Yeah. <laughs> so like, but I had never, you know, like to put together a meal that's similar to hamburger helper would like baffle me. And so I just would use those things, but like, I see the difference, like, okay, if we get our own noodles and we get our own hamburger and we put a little sauce on it, 
it tastes so much better. It's so much healthier. And I, I don't mean to rip on Hamburger Helper because it could be anything out there. Right. But convenience foods are just filled with so much stuff that we don't want to eat. Well, and just the powdered stuff is any. Yeah, I, I guess I just, powdered. True. It's truly like anything that I'm going to put a powder powdered food portion into. I'm just like, I'm like, you know what? If this was something that should be in the refrigerator, but we've turned into a powder for him and is now in the pantry, that's not, that's not what I want to put in my family's body anymore. But yeah, but I understand the money. Yeah, I totally understand because like you think about like apocalypse food, like things that you could like store for the next 20 years in a box somewhere. Right. Um, and like, like that's not stuff that we want to eat every day. And I mean, it just makes sense. Like it, when you start looking at the, if when you start looking at the price, it's not like it's so, a, a, a little bit more expensive. It's so much more expensive. And it's also, like you said, more inconvenient. Like it yes. takes a lot longer to chop up and like make your own stuff or whatever than it does to open a, pa- a sauce packet. Like it, it just, it totally does. And so like, it, it's the amount of money, it's the amount of money you're saving by being convenient. I mean, it's just, people don't have the time and people don't have the money. And it's what, like, how do we fix that? I don't know. Yeah. And I think like in my own life, you know, like, I feel like, you know, really, if I, if I shifted the time, I probably have it, you know, if I shifted the money, I have it. It's, it's just the desire and the energy to do it. And right. it, until until it became a priority, like it just wasn't even a thought. Well, it's so much easier to go through a drive-thru or so much easier to just, you know, now like just do DoorDash or something like that. Right. Um, and so and it, it's almost resistance to just put something on the table that didn't come from somewhere else at this point. Well, and food delivery, like the DoorDash and Uber and all that other stuff, is what made me start cooking. When I realized yeah. just the fees alone and how much, like how much money. And then, of course, you look at how much is actually going to the driver and how much is going right. to the restaurant and whatever. And, and nobody's getting enough money. But like when I looked at that, I was like, this is insane. We have to eat at home and we have to make these choices that are better for us because now when I say eating healthy is expensive, eating DoorDash is more expensive than eating healthy, you know, like, and you can't even, I mean, there are times where you would do a DoorDash meal for three and you start adding on fees and you're like, how did we get to $78 for our dinner? You know, I mean, like, yeah, which is not like, it's not like a fancy restaurant where you could have sat down and, and, you know, spent $78 on a meal. It's like a meal that you would have spent 30 or $40 on somewhere else. Yeah. And that's, that's where for me, I was like, this is insane. But I, I will, I mean, I don't, we do better than, because the first thing we did was we went to prepackage. Well, okay. Door dashed and then, okay, well, we're going to try all these package meals. And so now it's like, okay. And then you start looking at these packages. Well, we can't eat this. It's junk. You know, I know. And so, it's like a slippery slope. You're right. like, okay, well, first of all, now uh, fast food's not good enough for me. Okay, now like other food isn't good enough for me. Convenience food. Okay, now f- convenience food isn't good enough for me. Right. Like now I'm like, 
I'm going to be cutting up the zucchini myself in order to make my own noodles, like, like or like, whatever. Now, like, I'm now I'm dicing onions and crying. Yeah, I'll be pickling my own cucumbers from now on. So, like, I can't wait to go to Totally the Bomb and find the pickled um, yeah, recipes. Yeah, the pickled cucumber recipes. Yeah, I'm telling you, that's where I'm at. I'm like, I'm like, this is ridiculous what we're putting in. And, you know, something my daughter's been doing a ton. And I will say there are there are convenience foods that work. Like if you look at like my daughter has been making she loves smoothie bowls. So she I love that. She's been making with just the bags of frozen fruit. But if you yes. look at the ingredients list, it's literally just fruit. Like yeah. it's like fruit and that's it. There's no xanthan gum. There's no <laughs> weird thing to keep them from clotting. It's just fruit. And like, it's like she, there's no anti-fruit clotting. Right. And you know, like, because if, I mean, if you look at cheese, like there's stuff in shredded cheese to keep shredded cheese from sticking together. Right. And then you're like, that's why I need to grade my own cheese. Like, you know, like, <laughs> like what? I don't want to eat whatever they use to keep the cheese from sticking together. Like, <laughs> Yeah, like that seems that seems scary. Yeah, well, like, is it gonna get weird in my stomach? Like, what's gonna happen? I don't know. Yeah, but that's something. I mean, it's just crazy to me. Like, I mean, and as you start to do it, you start to like actually make the healthy decisions. But what's hard about making these healthy decisions is that food goes bad so fast now. Yes, there's no like you. You get the fruit and you put it in the fridge and you get it cut up how people need or how whatever it is. And like, you've got like three days, like y'all better eat the fruit. Yeah. And like one of the things that like I love and my oldest son loves and my youngest son loves is avocados. (laughs) And I (laughs) swear there's just, yeah, there's no, so the cool thing is, is there's a farmer's market um, in Grapevine that we go to all the time that has like, I don't know how they do it, but the avocados are always perfect. Like, nice. and they'll, they'll last for maybe four or five days, depending on how soft they are when you get them. Okay. Um, but, but even when they go like kind of bad, it's not like the crazy bad, like the grocery store avocados right. that you like slice into it. And there's like, what is this? Like hundreds and hundreds of lines of brown yeah <laughs> like how did that get there and I it's like I'm a not matrix eating. yeah like, I'm not doing is, that. like what happened like where did the matrix come in I'm not eating <laughs> this weird glitch fruit yeah yeah <laughs> so like if I can get down there like I know that we can do almost a week's worth of avocados but like any other place I buy avocados, I feel like it's like buying a lottery ticket and losing 99% of the time. Well, and it's that way with bananas too. Yes. Bananas are the same way. Like you, like I, and so I've actually, the other thing I've been doing though is, and this is a convenient thing that adds more money, but I've been Instacarting a lot. But oh yeah. From, but from Market Street. Like, yeah, I know that totally like, makes sense. I learned it because I learned it in the pandemic, like, because so we don't have to go in the grocery store. And, but I, then, of course, you use there's the like, you know, what, what a rich white woman guilt of, well, I just sent <laughs> someone else into the grocery store for me, you know, and I'm not saying I, I should okay. say middle class white woman. Okay, guilt, can I yeah. just stop you for a minute and vent just a moment? Because yes. we both have a, and I'm going to use air quotes here, a friend. Yes. Who, when the first, when the pandemic first started, posted incessantly on Facebook about how (laughs) 
she wasn't taking any chances and how she was doing everything right and how basically she was sending in, you know, Her delivery assistant. people into, yeah, assistance and delivery people into the pandemic to take on the forces that the pandemic has on their behalf, but then she was staying safe and then she was the pious one. Right. She was like, it was like this whole thing about stay home, stay safe. And then she would take pictures of, and, and in the same paragraph and be like, that's why I sent Lupe to the grocery store. And we were just like, oh my God. Like, it was like shocking. Like, no one could handle it. Like, and everybody was just like, that, well, I think and this was before unfriended her at one point. Yeah. Yeah. And this was before, well, she unfriended me because yeah, I, I disagreed with her me. gently on a post, but I think counting. I was like, I think I, mine was like, <laughs> and are we not concerned about Lupe? And I got an immediate unfriending. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, but like that, like in our defense for being bitches about this. Yeah, just want to say at least we're concerned. Yeah, yeah. is that like at that point, we did not understand like how dangerous it was for poor Lupe or like, you know, like she because she like her point was like you all are crazy to go to the grocery store and take that risk yourself. Right. And she was sure of it. But yeah, then that's why, but like, and that's then why she's you should all send people, your housekeeper. She's, she's paying like, out there. And which I think is like a level that's way like 500 times worse. Like if you're not willing to take that risk yourself, but you're going to, I don't know. Anyway. I do appreciate, <laughs> I will say when somebody is working for Instacart, they do know the job that they have. It is a gig job. So yes. you can choose to take the job or not take the job. I actually know people who, and they can choose to take each job as it comes in. I've talked to people who will specifically go to certain grocery stores, but other grocery stores or or whatever that they know aren't being safe and following precautions, they won't take the gig for those stores. Right. And so I've talked to people that like they are able to, as as someone who works for there, you're able to make a lot of choices about what gigs you take and don't take. Well, and like, and as like, as we got more information and as our friend unfriended us, so we don't see any of her posts. Right. Sometimes I still don't know where she stands today. But, um, but the, the truth is like, like I, you know, to, you know, I almost look at some of that like supporting a local restaurant or a, or something like that is that like, you know, there's people, and I think of, you know, even, you know, my oldest son who has a part-time job and stuff like that, that they're trying desperately to find ways to make money. And this is such an easy way to do that, you know, and pretty much in our part of the world, a very safe environment. So, well, and that's so like I think you in- can take, a, I think all of that was to defend your right. Your, your uh, yeah, it's okay <laughs> if I need to send someone else's. Well, you know, it's like, it's like I read about, um, there was, you know, those Nestle Toll House um, cookie shops that are like, they're like little cookie restaurants yeah. that people just go yeah. in and buy cookies. Well, a lot of those are hurting right now because nobody is celebrating anything and like right. nobody's bringing anybody cookies. Like nobody is like, hey, I love you. Here's some cookies. Like it's not worth walking into a restaurant to get cookies to take to someone kind of thing. And so a lot of those, I watched a TikTok and it's the one in San Antonio. She's like, we're going to close down and there's, you know, this has always been my dream. It was to have a cookie shop in San Antonio. 
I bought this, you know, I, I franchised with Nestle and now right. I'm going to close. And people started supporting her and everything. But the thing is, is like, we almost don't even know where to put our money. Right. Wait, what? There's a tornado warning, so I have to go. Um, oh. Kevin just told me. But anyway, <laughs> that's a good I time. I'm on pocket. the second floor, so maybe I need to go too. <laughs> all right, we love you guys, and we will see you soon. All right. Love you all. Bye. Bye. Second floor, so maybe I need to go too. <laughs>